What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about a Colorado staple, and that is Film on the Rocks. It's been a summer essential event for over 20 years, featuring live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park in the Amphitheater. Guys, this has been part of my life as long as I can remember, and it is such a fun experience. What you get to do is you get to watch a movie at the awesome Red Rocks Park in Amphitheater, and they do some comedy, some some. Uh, some shows before as well. Movies start right about the time the sun goes down and they've got some classics such as Lost Boys, GoldenEye, Legally Blonde, Independence Day, Jurassic Park, Casino Royale, my personal favorite of this group. And they just had The Shining this past Sunday for Father's Day. And they have some different ways you can do this. You can either watch it in your car on a giant screen at $59.50 per car. You can pack as many people in the car as you want or what you can do is you can actually go in and watch at Red Rocks in the amphitheater. General admission tickets are $16 and $32 for VIP. You can find more information at denverfilm.org for all the details and each viewing, and they have so many. So make sure to put this on your list, whether you live in Colorado or whether you're visiting, this is something you will want to do. It's much cheaper than a concert at Red Rocks, and it's still such an awesome experience. So make sure to check them out over at denverfilm.org. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR Two girls out to Zach Mace Arcade at the bar Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case Number four still waiting for Well, bring on the chase Out on the field at Mile High Broncos win is our desire Couple with Breck DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday in the offseason. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online is the new urban online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduate. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. And whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well, regardless of if they're online or in person. And you get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking? Oh, not too much. Hearing you do the uh, film on the rock street, for some reason, I was thinking about uh, Neil Diamond Love on the Rocks. So I'm thinking, hey, film on the rocks. Ain't no big surprise. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Mace. <laughs> Just the weird directions in which my mind goes on a Tuesday morning here in the Mile High City, June 22nd. The uh, the off season that what what passes for an off season these five weeks or so. Uh, it's amazing how quickly we kind of moved into off season mode. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the off-season of the off-season, but there's plenty of things to talk about, and you know what? We're just going to roll our conversation from yesterday into today. We're going to call this running back week. We'll see if we can extend it to Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Maybe not, but at least for today, it's going to stay as running back week. Mace, we've talked about ESPN's Mike Clay projections that he's done. We've talked about that a little bit, but we haven't talked about running backs specifically and exactly how he projects projects Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, and maybe even Royce Freeman to play out on this team. He does a fantastic job projecting uh, stats for every single person, for every single team for this entire year. And kind of like our conversation yesterday, he has Melvin Gordon being the Broncos leading rusher, but it's almost a 50-50 split between he and Javante Williams. Yeah, he's actually got Melvin Gordon finishing the season with 188 rushing attempts, 29 receptions. So in total, 300 or 200, pardon me, and 17 touches. And then he has Javante Williams with 204 total touches on 179 attempts and 25 rushing attempts. So that's less than one touch difference on a per game basis. Think about that. that. Incredible. (laughs) And because of that, he has neither of them at 1,000 rushing yards for the season. He has Melvin Gordon barely over 1,000 yards in yardage from scrimmage. And uh, Javante Williams coming up uh, just short, I believe, coming up about uh, 25 yards short of 1,000 yards from scrimmage from the year. But If you put the two of them together in what he has them doing in terms of of production, he has that he has these running backs combining for just over 1600 rushing yards. And then, and then a little over, or pardon me, a little under 400 receiving yards. It's not bad, but I would say in the aggregate, maybe a little bit below what I expect from the two of them. Yeah, just just straight up, Mace. It's underwhelming, not necessarily from either of them individually, but from a team perspective. And this scares me because while we talk about quarterbacks all the time, and there's a reason for that, this team is going to rely on the running game unless Drew absolutely takes off and has like 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And and I don't really think anyone expects him to take off astronomically this year. I mean, if Drew's at 25 and 12, I think we're feeling good about that. Uh, And if it's Teddy, even at his best, like you pointed out, Mace, maybe that's 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. This team is going to be relying on the running game. And so he has has the Broncos as a team because you also throw in 144 rushing yards from Mike Boone and he's given Royce Freeman 38 rushing yards. He has them as a team from the running backs only rushing for 1800 yards this year. Mace last year, that would have been pretty much average 100% average from a team perspective last year the Chiefs rushed for 177 nine yards or 1799 yards, which was 16th average in the NFL last year. So this running attack, if this running attack is average, 
that would be disappointing. So I want to get into this and where does the disappointment come from? Because Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, they both, like you said, I mean, nearly the exact same amount of touches, although Royce had, or, or J- Melvin has a few more, uh, almost the same amount of rushing yards. Although Melvin has a, a few more, like you said, Royce, or I don't know why I keep calling him Royce. Melvin <laughs> has more receptions just by four. Melvin has more receiving yards just by 20 but it's very, very close between the two. And so he has Melvin Gordon going for 829 yards on 4.409 yards per carry. And I have to go all the way to the thousands in order for this to make sense. He has Javante Williams going 789 rushing yards on 179 yards per carry on an average of 4.407 yards per carry. So what he's got, he's got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both averaging 4.40 yards per carry. And then Melvin gets the slight edge by going for 0.9. What is that? 0.009 instead of Javante Williams, 0.007. When we talk about, you know, 4.4 4.4 yards per carry mace. How does that make you feel from the Broncos top two running backs? Uh, I kind of meh like last year, for example, if you go through Melvin Gordon, Felt Lindsay and Royce Freeman, they, they averaged 4.6, 4.3 and 4.9 yards per carry respectively. So uh, you don't have Lindsay in the mix. You still have Gordon and Freeman and you're plugging in Javante Williams honestly, I'll be disappointed if as a group, they don't average 4.6 yards per carry based Mm -hmm. on who they have coming back. Also based on the fact that I expect this offensive line to be better. Boy, Cushenberry, a year older, Dalton Reisner bouncing back, Graham Glasgow healthy, hopefully Bobby Massey providing a little more stability at the right tackle spot. And then Garrett Bowles building off of last year, even if he may not quite be as good as he was last year when he was playing at an all pro level, still somebody who's a plus player. I, I'll i be disappointed if they're sitting there with these uh, per carry averages of around uh, 4.4. I expect, I, I expect a little bit more. I mean, Melvin Gordon down the stretch, uh, he, he was one of the hotter, he was one of the hotter backs in the league. And in two of the last three years, Zach, he has averaged at least 4.6 yards per carry in 2019 with the chargers only 3.8, but you go back to 2018, 5.1, 2020, 4.6. So two out of three years, he's got a nice healthy per carry average of over four and a half yards. So he doesn't show any signs of being somebody who's in a decline. I expect him to be at at least 4.5, preferably 4.6 yards per carry. Once again, I expect Javante Williams with his explosiveness to, to be in that range. And then when you're talking about the, uh, the change of pace, the number three back, assuming that it's, it's Mike Boone, his career, obviously limited reps because he has a total of 71 carries in his career, but his career is a 5.3 yards per carry average. And we've seen in OTAs, how explosive he can be once he makes that first cut and gets through the hole. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't bad, Zach, but I expect better. Yeah, I mean, Mace, it's it's average. I mean, literally, you look at last year and the average in the NFL yards per carry – 
was 4.4. And that's exactly what Mike Clay has the Broncos doing. In fact, the Giants uh, rushed for 4.4 yards per carry last year. Let me remind you, without Saquon Barkley. So this is not a mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley stat. This is a backup running back stat. And that ranked 13th in the NFL. If they rush for 4.6 yards as a team, Mace, that'll put them, uh, at least compared to last year, in the top 10. The New Orleans Saints rushed for 4.6 yards per carry. They have a pretty good rushing attack. So I think that's kind of the floor of where you want this Broncos rushing attack to be is, is, you know, a top 10 team. And then uh, you really want them to be, man, if they can get to 4.8, that would be huge. That would put them, you know, top seven compared to last year, maybe even top five compared to what teams are doing. And then you're saying, okay, this Mm -hmm. is the formula for the Broncos they are going to rush the ball because they're paying Melvin Gordon $8 million this year. That is the fourth highest cap hit in the NFL in terms of running backs. So they should expect a lot. And Javante Williams, uh, they traded up in the second round. So they should be expecting more than just average from this group, Mace. Yeah. Javante Williams with that trade up is effectively in terms of value a late first round pick. Yeah. Based on what you gave up to move up to get him. And like you said, Melvin Gordon, his cap number this year is $8.941 million. That placed him fourth. He's one of only five running backs in the league this year with a cap number of north of $8 million. The others are Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Mixon. Believe it or not, Christian McCaffrey, his cap number this year is a little bit under $7 million. Although <laughs> wow. How about the, the, big, the big numbers come... Uh, come in the future on uh, on on CMAC in terms of the uh, the cap figures because after this year, his cap number spikes to fourteen point three million dollars. So, but this year, he's he's not in that realm. So, if you have that sort of squeeze at the running back position, a significant squeeze when you have one of the t- the four uh, biggest cap numbers and a second round pick who effectively for trade value ends up being a late round one. You're supposed to be more than average. You're supposed. I, I think, at minimum, you're top top eight. I mean, I think eighth is probably the the least you should expect from this unit based on the investment. And if you do get a collective production that is like thirteenth, fourteenth, just somewhere in the mid tier, then you're 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 fair to ask why, and you're fair to kind of question what went wrong yeah and that that would mean that so much pressure would be put on these quarterbacks whether it's drew lock or teddy bridgewater Ugh. and honestly mace that's not something that you really want right now regardless of who it is teddy we know he can steady the ship we know he can do enough but he's not someone that you want to put an entire offense on And same with Drew. Even if Drew does take off, you're still going to want to rely on someone else to really burden the load of this offense so you can allow Drew to not feel the weight of the world and not force things. So that would be that would be bad for this Broncos team if Mike Clay is right. And in terms of touchdowns, he has Melvin Gordon going for six, Javante Williams going for four, and Mike Boone going for one again underwhelming and and one thing that that i do need to say about these projections is it's not like mike clay hates the broncos when you look at some of these other projections he 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 projects the defense to be very good he projects these wide receivers to actually have pretty good years especially with the top two and we'll get into those in future pods but it's not like we can say ah he hates the broncos what is he doing he just is kind of lukewarm on this running back group 
Yeah. Um, and I think being lukewarm about it, maybe it reflects not seeing these guys in person. I think we were optimistic because we've seen, even though it's practice, no pads, we've seen the explosion. We've seen the burst. We've seen that Javante Williams, for the most part, looks ready to go. We know what Melvin Gordon did down the stretch, and, we, and we've seen what Mike Boone has. So I think maybe our, our optimism about the group is in, in part reflected by seeing these guys uh, in action. Maybe one thing that he's considering is, okay, he, maybe you'd say, all right, well, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. But if you look at, at uh, what Mike Clay has in terms of where he has the Broncos finishing, he has them projected for 8.9 wins. So he's got them projected yeah. to be a winning team, nine and eight. Yeah. So yeah. that means you're not, presumably, you're not playing from behind an unusually high amount in, in the situation that takes you away from being able to run the ball. So, yeah, I kind of find it uh, a little curious here that he would have them, uh, again, they're not low, He's just got them. He's just got the mediocre. Now he does have the Broncos running low in one area, and, and that is touchdowns. Like for he actually has the Broncos ranked eighth in attempts, eleventh in rushing yards, and that's why, frankly, I'm disappointed in the yards per attempt that he has uh, on them. I would have again a little bit higher than he does, but twenty eighth in rushing touchdowns, and that's eleven rushing touchdowns uh, from the a running back core. And then he has two from drew lock and then one from Teddy Bridgewater in his projections. He expects both of them to play. So 14 running back, 14 touchdowns. uh, Looks like he's got the Broncos at 28. That would be a huge disappointment. uh, If the Broncos only finish with 14 rushing touchdowns, especially given again, the way you are structuring this offense to emphasize the ground game. Yeah, and on top of that, he's only got the Broncos throwing for 28 touchdowns between Drew and Teddy. That's 39 touchdowns on the season just be, be, just from the offense itself. Over a 17-game season, we're talking about just over two touchdowns per game. I can't imagine he has the Broncos kicking uh, more than two field goals a game. Actually, he does not have the Broncos making more than two field goals per game. So He makes- has a, exactly two field goal attempts per game. Yeah, so that means, uh, you know, he doesn't have the Broncos scoring tons of points and that puts a ton of pressure on the defense and where this really may start isn't with the quarterbacks. It's with the Broncos being able to punch the ball into the end zone. And something we talked about yesterday with Melvin Gordon is that was his specialty coming to the Broncos is those short yarded situations, those goal line situations. So you'd like to see him closer to 10 touchdowns than six and a reason for not just hope and optimism, but real belief that Melvin can be averaging closer to five yards per carry than the 4.4 that Mike Clay has him projected as is Mason. The final seven games of last season, when he got comfortable in Pat Shermer's offense and he found a groove, he was averaging over five yards per carry, close to 5.1 yards per carry for nearly half a season. So we're not saying he needs to do that for an entire season, but let's just split the difference. If he can go for four, seven, four, eight, now we're talking and then Javante Williams can, can, you know, come up as a rookie and average 4.4. And then you're feeling good with how those guys combine and pan out. And I think for, for this to, 
be a great rushing attack for the Broncos. They're going to need both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon to have good seasons, but they're going to need one of those guys to be close to a thousand yards, just like Melvin Gordon was last year. He fell mm-hmm. short of a thousand yards just by a couple of yards. If he can do that again, get close to a thousand. And then we're talking about Javante Williams having 700, 800 yards. And then Mike Boone also being uh, a, a great third compliment to these guys and maybe top and 200. Now we're talking about a top 10 rushing uh, offense for the Broncos and that's what they need. Yeah. And I think the touchdown thing is interesting to me. And, and while you were saying that, I was just thinking, all right, what can we, what should we expect based on Melvin Gordon's kind of career norms? And in particular, his last five years, do you remember in 2015, Melvin Gordon didn't have a touchdown. Mm. And that was kind of the, that was the weird thing. Like, he was being, he started 12 games. He had substantial use, but as a rookie, Melvin Gordon was regarded with the the then San Diego chargers as something of a disappointment. Now that has obviously changed in the last five years, in the last five years, he has 57 total touchdowns, Zach, over the last five seasons. So mm. that is, that's including receptions. That's an average of, of 11 per season. And if you kind of dive in and say, okay, what is that average per 17 games since we're on a 17 uh, game schedule uh, that av- that averages out to 14.3 touchdowns per 17 games. And then the other thing is if you, if you dive into the, uh, the rate of touchdowns per overall touch, he gets one score about every 23.0 touches. Okay. And how many, uh, and, and how many touches does, Mike Clay have for Melvin Gordon coming up here in the 20 in the in the 2021 season. Well, he's got him with 188 receptions and or rushes, pardon me, and 29 receptions. So that's 317. Divide that by 23 and or 217. Divide that 217. Divide that by 23. And Melvin Gordon should have nine total touchdowns, not seven. If he has that many touches. So if we go by season long rate, he should have 14 touchdowns. If we go by rate per touch, he should have 9.4 touchdowns. Either way, uh, much better than, than Mike Clay has Melvin Gordon getting. And frankly, I think, uh, I think he's underestimating Melvin Gordon substantially based on what he's been over his career. And again, no evidence that Melvin Gordon is slowing down, especially the fact they got stronger as last year went on. And Mace, I think that's key and something that we haven't touched on a lot is Melvin Gordon could be entering his prime. This could be the best year of his career. Maybe not in terms of total numbers because he is going to be splitting with Javante Williams, but in terms of yards per carry, uh, in terms of efficiency, I wouldn't be surprised, especially Mace. He's also on a contract year right now. So that typically gives guys a little extra boost as well across the league. Uh, you, You pair that with he's going to be healthy or he's going to be fresh. That helped Javante Williams all throughout college when when he was able to split reps Melvin Gordon's going to be splitting reps can keep him fresh can help him optimize his uh, every single opportunity he gets so there's no reason that in fact these guys splitting the reps so much should boost them they shouldn't be just average they they should be boosted just from that right there so uh, I think you're right I think he's really underselling both of these guys but Mm -hmm. specifically Melvin Gordon yeah and Melvin the other thing you mentioned the contract He's 28 years old. He just turned 28 back in April. So the motivation is high because he probably has, in terms of a, 
a decent contract. If he plays well this year, Zach probably has one more two year deal in him. And if he plays well this year, it will probably be a contract that looks very much like the one he's had with the Broncos the last couple of seasons, Uh, roughly two years, $16 million because Another good productive year for Melvin Gordon, another efficient year allows him to go on the market and say, hey, I've, 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 I've hit four and a half yards per carry three of the last four years. I'm still able to get touchdowns. I mean, I think kind of a, a good baseline to look for here is can he reach double digit touchdowns in 2016? He had 12 total touchdowns, 2017, 12, 2018, 14, 2019, 9, 2020, 10 so for the last five years he's hit 10 he's hit 10 touchdowns and that has value i mean i think we all agree that value is almost certainly not going to be with the broncos because they drafted javante williams but some team somewhere if melvin gordon continues to to be on the pace he's been uh, for the last five for the last five years and in particular the last three some team somewhere is probably going to give him a deal very similar to the one he has Uh, is it crazy to think that it would be the broncos yeah, probably just because of Javante Williams. And if he does what you expect him to do, uh, then I think the plan would be to pair Javante Williams in 2022 with either Mike Boone or a player that they draft in the middle rounds of the 22 draft. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Mace. And uh, you can get all of these lines over at DraftKings Sportsbook once we get closer to the season. And our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got it all when it comes to the NFL. When it comes to NBA, basketball, hockey, you can get in on everything, especially with the playoffs going on and hockey and basketball right now. I really love one line that they've got up there right now. And that's going to be my DraftKings pick of the week, which I'll give to you tomorrow. So make sure to tune in on YouTube when we go live at 10 a.m. And they're also offering people to get in on one to 100 odds and site credits. What they're doing is you pick any basketball team that's still in contention, bet $1. And if that team wins, you'll get $100 in site credits, which then you can turn into cash for yourself. So go to DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app and you can get in on all these great offers one thing that i love about DraftKings is their daily odds promotions that they've got they give you odds boosts every single day which takes a you know minus 200 line to plus 100 to plus 100 line to plus 250 it is a blast it's safe secure and reliable making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience so head to the app store now download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free credits but on any back basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for the limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. We have, we've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental in the last few years and make them their permanent family dentist. And they reach out and let us know how great their experience was. And they thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. And you know what? There's honestly nothing more rewarding than when we hear that from our listeners. So please tell us your experience if you've made the switch. And if you don't know, 
Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. And they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. And they're big-time Colorado sports fans just like you are. Our sales director, Lindsay, she just had her wisdom teeth removed at Green Mountain Dental and said it was literally the best dental experience of her life. They'll send you a personal card to your home after becoming a new patient. And after Lindsay's surgery, the dentist personally called up and checked on her a few days later to make sure you're okay. You're not just a patient of Green Mountain Dental when you're in that chair in that office you're a patient for you know for life basically and they'll make sure that they care about you that they check on you like you and make sure you're doing okay with everything dental so if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush and you know i've mentioned this before that's a pretty strong toothbrush. It's not a kind of a throwaway token freebie. I use a Sonicare toothbrush at home. It'll promote good brushing habits. It'll make sure that if you follow the beeps, you're going to brush your teeth for two minutes as you should every time morning and night when you brush your teeth. You know, you'll do one quarter of your mouth, beep, one quarter of your mouth, beep, and on and on, and you'll be good to go. You'll have a fresh, clean mouth thanks to that free Sonicare toothbrush. So check out Green Mountain Dental. Tag us and then when you go there and show how this community can support our biggest supporters like Green Mountain Dental. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver and Lakewood. They're a longtime DMVR partner. They show us love, so show them some love. Remember, get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental. Get that free Sonicare toothbrush and start your dental care at Green Mountain Dental today. Also, we would love it if you joined our family. Not only do you get to support us, but you get to read all of our content. And I'm not just talking Broncos. I'm talking Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, who are in season right now, believe it or not. Buffs, Rams, Colorado XOs, you get it all. And you also get so many benefits besides just reading our content. You get to join the DNVR Golf League. You get access to our members-only Discord, which is like a better Twitter where you get to talk to us. You get to talk to people in our family you get extra raffle tickets at all watch parties and you get a free dnvr shirt with an annual membership and we've got some awesome shirts coming up guys you don't want to miss this that pretty much pays for half your membership right there with getting the free shirt you get dnvr locker weekly member deals on our clothes and apparel and when you're at the dnvr bar you get a member beer which is a big beer for the price of a small beer just make sure to ask for the member beer and like i said you get to support us we really appreciate it so when you do join us over at the dnvr.com make sure to leave a comment so we can say hi to you and welcome you into the family but Mace, there was one more thing on the Mike Clay projections that really caught my attention. What he mm-hmm. did was he went through and he ranked the running back rooms in the NFL. Where do you think he'd have the Broncos running back room? Uh, I think he would have the Broncos running back room. Um, 10th. 10th. Okay. That's a good guess. And, uh, I think that would be a fair, uh, place for him to put, to put the Broncos. Honestly, I would think that that would be on the low side. I would have probably guessed six, seven, kind of right outside the top five. But after looking at the stats that he has the Broncos running back group, I'm not surprised where he has them. He has them at 14. So he has them pretty much an average running back room in the NFL. When I just tell you that, what do you think? Mm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I think uh, I, I'd, I'd like to know, okay, who's above them? 
and why why are they above them for example i mean i'm just kind of looking i'm looking at this list and I, i'm actually on the unit grades right now so really quick mace yeah i'm i'm going to start at the top okay. of the list and you tell me where you may start disagreeing or where you want to have a conversation so Number one, it, it's pretty fair. Uh, he has the Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Um, you, you don't want to stop me there, right? Uh, no. I mean, I'm not sure I'd have him number one, but they're, they're, we're saying, are they above the Broncos? Yes or no? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're or if above you want to have a conversation about it because it may be yeah. close. I agree. Cleveland don't Browns for, don't, better. Don't, and they're deep, too. Don't forget about my guy, Dearness Johnson, who could potentially start for a bunch of teams, and he's their number three back. Exactly. Then he has the Vikings at two with Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, uh, and, and they they keep going too. So I don't think there's a conversation there. Yeah. No. No question. Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey leading the way. I'll tell you what. Um, it's a little bit of a projection, but they drafted Chuba Hubbard as well, and uh, mm-hmm. we could be talking about them being the number one running back guard in the league by the end of the year. Yep, I don't disagree with you. Number four, he has the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley leading the way, and their number two, Devontae Booker. How about that? Is uh, is week one going to be Devontae's revenge? As Sa- Saquon Barkley might be uh, limited a little bit as he comes back from the injury. Remember, Devontae kind of got his revenge on the Broncos last year in Las Vegas. I was going to so, say, I think that game already happened. Yeah, well, what's a little more revenge right in front of some people? <laughs> So and his I, I, and remember his revenge came kind of when the game was decided. Remember he got right. hot. He he got hot in the fourth quarter. By then it was already a runaway. That was the that was the Josh Jacobs show for most of the day. And uh, it really, day we really want to forget. Was. Also, Carl Nassid, who's been in the news, he had a pick that day, I believe. Mm, yes, 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 he did. He and, had a big uh, game we'll, too. And we'll talk about him in the third segment, yep. which I'm excited to. Me too. Uh, and. Uh, even though, you know, Devontae Booker is their number two, Saquon Barkley is the best back in the league. So no disagreement there for me. Mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints with number five with Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Ty Montgomery, Dwayne Washington. Man, that's a deep group as well. Bingo. You hit the nail on the head. Depth. What about a Kamara now has, has a side gig with NASCAR. You see that? Yeah, I did. That was quite a position for him. Awesome. No now kidding. He has six Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm just going to stop there better than the Broncos. Yeah, it's not deep, although they have a, a guy who had a cup of coffee with the in Broncos camp, Jeremy, Mc, Jeremy McNichols in that group. But yeah, uh, Derrick Henry. It, the only reason they're not higher on this list is because it's not a deep group. But Derek, yeah. if you went by just the, the number one running back alone, they would be higher than that. Yeah, I mean, they'd be one or two probably, and just depending on where you view Christian McCaffrey. All right, Mace, here's where it stops for me and where I'm having at least a conversation. Number seven, Indianapolis Colts with your guy, Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. Hines, and Marlon Mack. Are you having a conversation well, or is this easy for you that the Colts have a better running back room? They have a better running back room. Again, it goes one, two, three. And while I'm excited about Mike Boone, Marlon Mack, has proven that he can be a bell cow back from time to time. Uh, that's, that, that's a, that's a tremendously deep room that they have right now. So still going with a, another running back core that's better than the Broncos. So, I mean, I had him 10th. This is, this is kind of trending in that direction. Yeah. And what's funny is I had them six or seven and uh, now going through this list, I would definitely start having a conversation mm-hmm. at seven. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I mean, he's one of the the best up and coming backs in this league right now. 
but Melvin Gordon is established. So maybe you give a slight edge to Jonathan Taylor there. Although I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty darn close. And then I just, I love what the Broncos have in, in uh, Javante Williams. So I'd actually give the Mm -hmm. Broncos the edge and an RB two there. And then sure. If, if we want to talk about depth, Marlon Mack is probably maybe the best third running back in in the Mm -hmm. league right now. When you look at this list, so maybe they get the edge there, but I think this is where the conversation starts personally, but for you, we're continuing to go down the list. Let's see if it keeps going with the Las Vegas Raiders sitting at eight mace. They of course have Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Jalen, uh, uh, and oh man, they have Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick. That's a deep group. Yeah. And of course, I mean, you have Josh Jacobs, who's the bell cow guy. And then they bring in Kenyon Drake, who was just a whisper away from a thousand yards rushing with Arizona last year. Now, yeah. not a high per carry average. I believe he was right at 4.0. And of course, uh, uh, he, he didn't really kind of get a lot of traction with Miami, even though he probably should have gotten, uh, should have gotten more reps because this is a guy who averages 4.5 yards for his career. And, uh, Last year had, I believe, 10 total touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. This is, again, yeah, I got to give the slight edge to the Raiders here. Yeah, I, to me, the Raiders are better than the Colts. I mean, they're mm-hmm. pretty incredible uh, group they have. I think everyone's a little surprised when they mm-hmm. signed Kenyon Drake, and I think it was for a cheap deal, too. Uh, just crazy how Kenyon Drake was just not valued on the open market. So for me, uh, the Raiders are ahead of the Colts. Yeah. So nine, Dallas Cowboys with Zeke, Tony Pollard. Uh, those are their top two, and pretty strong top two. It's a pretty strong top two, but also you start you start kind of evaluating, all right, uh, what is uh, what is Zeke's trend line at this point? Because he's mm-hmm. coming off a year where he had the lowest per carry average of his career. He was only at 4.0. Yeah, if uh, didn't Zeke make, didn't get to a thousand yards. Right. If now uh, a perfectly cromulent season as a receiving back, but um, believe it or not, this is where I think you start having a conversation about the Broncos being step for step. Wow. With Ezekiel Elliott. I love it. But it's, it's also kind of looking at, uh, at the, again, the trend line of the running of the running backs. And I'd Mm -hmm. say Zeke may be starting to trend down Melvin Gordon. You can argue, even though his 19 season wasn't great, two of the last three years, averaging 4.6 yards per carrier more. So his trend is going up a little bit. And then uh, you have a lot of confidence in Javante Williams. I mean, actually, what I would actually say here is we get to number 10 and number 10 is one that I'm moving way up and Dallas down. So I would say I've got Jacksonville in the top five and they're 10th. I moved wow. Dallas down slightly below the Broncos and I settled the Broncos in at number 10. Okay. I like that. And with Dallas, for me, it just may just mm-hmm. all depends on what you think of, of Zeke right now. Do you think, like you said, he's trending up? Do you think he's trending down? This is a guy mm-hmm. that has absolutely proven to be one of the most dominant backs in the league. In fact, in two of his five seasons in the league, he's led the NFL in total rushing yards in three of his five seasons. He's led the NFL in rushing yards per game, mm-hmm. which is incredible. But that number rushing yards per game has gone down every year. He's been in the NFL Uh, in 2016. When he was a rookie, he ran for 108 yards per game. The next year, 98, the next year, 95, all of those led the NFL incredible start to his career two years ago, 
84 last year, 65. So not a good trend line. So I'm not going to give you too much pushback there. I just think at 25 mm-hmm. years old with the Cowboys getting Dak Prescott back, he's going to have a, a resurgence, but heck with those mm-hmm. trend lines going in the wrong direction, I'm not going to give you too much pushback. And like you said, Mace next on the list is the Jacksonville Jaguars checking in at 10. Tell me, tell me what you love about this group, putting them in the top five with, of course, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, as those who had James Robinson on their fantasy team yeah. uh, know, very productive season last year, four and a half yards per carry, north of a thousand rushing yards, also a good receiving back. He had another 49 receptions and three touchdowns in the passing game as well. And then you add Travis Etienne to that in the first round. Now, this is why everybody scratched their heads when the Jags with that late first round pick took ETN because you're like, okay, don't they have a bell cow back? Isn't this (laughs) a a luxury item? And then you have Carlos Hyde who brings a lot of experience uh, as the number three running back. This is with Robinson and 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 ETN atop this depth chart. This is a top five running back room. This may even be a top three running back room if, if ETN is what you expect. And I, I, I expect he's going to be a very productive back, just like I think the Javante is going to be a top of productive back for the Broncos. I mean, there's a reason why these guys were in the top three of running backs along with Najee Harris and the, the gap star, the gap was between three and four, but uh, Hey, the Jaguars overstocked this position. Good for them. It's still somewhat of an unbalanced roster, but Hey, you know, if we're just evaluating running backs, the Jags are in phenomenal shape with it, with ETN and Robinson as one, two. Man, I mean, I, I love how much you love them, but I'm I'm actually giving the Broncos the edge here. I think they have the Jags pretty much in a perfect place. It's a very good group, but to me, just not as proven as I wanted to be to put them up there. So I'd give the Broncos the edge here. So Mace, I, I'm kind of settling right mm-hmm. in that, you know, maybe eight range for them. Let's see where you have them. The next one, 11 Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon lead the way for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones is, is very good. Just not quite the, the same depth as the Broncos. I'm giving the Broncos the edge here. I agree. Number 12, the Chargers, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly. Boy, this is fascinating because uh, Eckler's productive, but Justin Jackson uh, in that mix, you'd say right there, kind of step for step with the Broncos, giving the Broncos the edge because of uh, Melvin Gordon's nose for the end zone and also Javante's potential. Yeah, I'm giving the Broncos the edge there. And then the team before the Broncos at 13, he has the Chicago Bears with David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams. Oh, man, Mace. To me, maybe it's just me. I've always thought David Montgomery is so overrated. Uh, so I'm going Broncos here for sure. Yeah, David Montgomery had a little over a thousand rushing yards last year. You can say a lot of the same things about uh, Montgomery uh, that you can say about James Robinson in Jacksonville, except he's just a, just a hair older, but, very, but very, but very productive the last couple of years. Although he he was only at three point seven yards per carry as a rookie, four point three last year. But that element of being able to catch the ball, fifty four receptions, a couple of touchdowns in the passing game. Um, where I have the the Bears slightly behind the Broncos is that uh, uh, Tariq Cohen. He's a good change of pace back, 
that the Bears have, especially the last, especially, uh, why not even especially last year? He was hurt last year, but um, over the years, they haven't ever really figured out how to use him properly. The, the one year that I think they kind of had him in a groove was back in 2018, the year that the Bears went 12 and four. Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator, and he had four and a half yards per carry on just under 100 rushing attempts, and he had over 700 receiving yards that year. He had almost as many receiving yards that year, Zach, as he did in the other three years of his career combined. And um, just feel like they haven't ever really gotten things right with Tariq Cohen. And that's why I kind of give the Bears a slight downgrade because I, I, I don't really feel like they, they've used him properly. I think they got to look. I think they need to be get. I think they need to be getting in the ball in space more. And yep. they don't do yep. that. Right. I agree. I think it's a it's a really good point. And so I have the Broncos in the top ten for running back rooms, and that's why I think that they should have a top ten rushing attack, especially because you look at some of these other teams that could be throwing the ball more than the Broncos, who have top ten running back groups. So I think in terms of production, the Broncos should unquestionably be in the top ten in terms of production because they have a top ten group and they're going to be relying on their running back room a lot. Mace, you have them right around ten as well. So mm-hmm. we feel the same way where we're not trying to put unrealistic expectations on this group and say they should be the best say that they should absolutely be in the top five but it would be a massive disappointment mm-hmm. if they were average like Mike Clay projects yeah and that's why I kind of went back and just did that little bit of a, a look into Melvin Gordon's career norms especially over the last five years he kind of threw out that touchdown list season in, in his rookie years in aberration and uh and, and I see Melvin Gordon uh, on on this ranking uh, with so with 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 so few touchdowns, and I and I have to kind of look askance at that. If the Broncos get Melvin Gordon the football at a rate that is typical, he's going to have more than seven touchdowns. Worst case scenario, I think he'll have nine. I think it's realistic that he actually ends up getting to uh, twelve to to at least ten touchdowns, perhaps uh, twelve or thirteen. Especially the other thing here that comes into play, Zach. Especially if they are dumping the ball to the running backs from either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And based on what we've seen over the last few weeks, it's clear that's going to be a huge part of the Bronco game, which plays well into a core competency that Gordon has, which is as a receiving back. Man, Mace, we're getting nerdy on this podcast. <laughs> diving. We into got more coming. Numbers. I we got more of this nerdiness <laughs> coming over the next few weeks. Get ready, folks. Yes, we do. It makes j- just a few quick other things when I continue to go down the list, but behind the Broncos, and we don't need to go through everything, but three things jump out to me. He has a Pittsburgh Steelers with the 23rd best rushing attack, so a bottom 10 rushing attack. I got to say, by the end of this year, they are going to shoot up the boards with Najee Harris leading the way, I think. Mm-hmm. And they've also got some good depth, too, but I think Najee Harris is the truth. I agree. And uh, they, they just have to kind of figure that out over the course of the year. And all uh, Pittsburgh, even though they slumped last year, even though Roethlisberger is kind of uh, appearing to be toward the end of his career, between getting Najee Harris and uh, what we've learned about uh, their vaccination rates, where it looks like they're going to be at that 85% threshold, uh, something that's questionable for a lot of teams, I think Pittsburgh is going to be better than I initially thought. I'm not sure they're going to have that collapse that uh, I thought a few months ago was going to be coming for them. I think they're going to, they're not going to be great, but they're going to be competitive and uh, right around 500, a little bit above a tough game. 
And two Tough more game when the Broncos go out. there. Yeah, two more things that jump out to me. He has the Kansas City Chiefs as the 25th best rushing attack, meaning almost a bottom five rushing attack. Just a year ago, everyone was saying, oh my gosh, they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. What was the NFL thinking letting them get him? According to Mike Clay, well, it's not the biggest deal in the world because Clyde, and, and I'm not saying he's a bad back, but it's not like he's, you know, leading a top 10 rushing attack. I maintain that. Uh, as enamored as they were with Edwards Alaire, that the guy that they could have drafted there that would have scared me from a Bronco perspective would have been Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, well, and Mike and I, Clay would agree. He has Jonathan Taylor leading the Colts in the top right. 10. I, Taylor is a receiving back and uh, as a one cut and go running back. I, I was relieved when the Chiefs picked Edwards Hilaire, to be honest. I, Taylor. Taylor's a true bell cow. I haven't seen bell cow yet from Edwards Alaire. And, yeah. uh, and so that maybe that was a bullet dodge for the Broncos that uh, the chiefs went in that direction and didn't, and didn't pick the Wisconsin Badger. Yeah. It's a, I think we may have, may have to add Wisconsin running backs to uh, the drinking game. Yeah, I think so. And final note here, no love for Philip Lindsay. Oh. He's got the Houston Texans as the sixth worst rushing attack in the NFL. And he has Philip Lindsay, not RB one, but RB two behind what people believe is the washed up David Johnson. Yeah, man. David Johnson went from stud to dud yeah and what seems like the snap of a finger my goodness Seriously. i mean he fell off the face of the earth yeah uh, and and last year part of it is in houston they were so bad that uh mm -hmm. it was easy to ignore them uh david johnson played in 12 games he averaged 4.7 yards per carry they were behind so oh, he only ran wow. the ball 147 times and he averaged nearly 10 yards of reception this is a guy who, when he plays, is last year showed he could still be productive. So, I think he's got I think he's got Houston too low here, and in part because yeah, David Johnson's a big name, but he's still pretty productive when he's out there. But uh, in general, it does look like a group in terms of David Johnson, Phil Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead that uh, would have been a top three group say three years ago. Life moves pretty fast, as Ferris Bueller said. It seriously does. There's no question yep. about that, man. Maze, yep. I really enjoyed that. I love just taking a deep dive into the Broncos and then also oh. looking around the league. And that's something we get to do over these next five weeks before camp starts. Well, and then I love, and again, these clay projections are always a good launching point. It's good for off season podcasts, but we're going to get into all the other units on the Broncos here over the next few weeks. And uh, of course I've got my numbers pieces coming and you've got your uh, look ahead pieces coming. So uh, a lot that I think is going to, it's going to kind of keep, keep the pot stirring here over the next few weeks as we count down a training camp. And uh, I've, I don't have a good transition from pot stirring to Gabby insurance. I'm just going to tell you about uh, <laughs> Gabby insurance, because when it comes to car and, and home insurance, you deserve better. And lots of members and staff at DNVR found that they deserve better. So they put their policies to the test and turned to Gabby and found that Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars. You know, Drew Creaseman, AJ, who covers the ads, Lindsay Sauer, who does sales, they all saved hundreds on their yearly rates. Eric Weedham, D Lineco, the guy behind those great t shirts, saved over $1,300. Now you can go on a vacation with uh, all that money. Gabby, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Stands for Get a Better Insurance, G-A-B-I. 
Simple as that. And getting a better insurance with Gabby means getting a better price for the same coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates. They'll give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and they'll do it all in one place. Here's what you do. You take your current insurance info to get started. In just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. Takes minutes to do. They won't sell your info, so no spam, no robo calls because you put in. They're just going to tell you what the best rates are. You may find that you're already paying the best rate for insurance. You can sleep well at night knowing that you've got the best rate, but you may find out that you could be saving a lot of money. Gabby customers, on average, save $961 per year on their insurance. So put your policy to the test like we did and get a better insurance with Gabby. It's free to check out. And there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Gabby.com slash DNVR. Got to tell you about our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company because it is damn good beef. And it's not only damn good beef, but it's at an affordable price. And that's why they call their beef the blue collar Wagyu because it's delicious Wagyu at an affordable price that every single person can afford. And not only is it affordable, but they're giving you deals right now. They're offering DNVR listeners buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are steaks are lean and flavorful and it's perfect if you want to marinate and they're only $9.99 and with the buy three get one free deal you can get four of them for less than $30 so make sure to use the code DNVR flank at checkout to get that buy three get one free that's DNVR F-L-A-N-K and of course if you want something other than than the flank steaks which they have so much like beef bacon New York strip Wagyu Frank and jerky if you want to if you want to go that route, use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your order over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. It's got our stamp of approval because it is the beef that we use in our burgers at the DNVR bar. It's got Shelby Harris's stamp of approval because after one bite, he said, oh my gosh, this is absolutely amazing. So make sure to check them out. Use the code DNVR flank if you want to get the buy three, get one free on their flank steaks or DNVR10 if you're looking for anything else to get 10% off your order and any order over $200 you get free shipping so make sure to check them out over at Hassle Cattle Company make sure you check out our friends over at Solace Meds a premier dispensary with hot deals to offer it's a hot month in June although it was nice over the weekend here in the Mile High City but it's getting hot again today the mercury creeping above the 90 degree mark once again and Solace Meds with with convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, off-Broadway in Denver and on East Colfax blocks from the DMVR bar. They've got some hot deals for you for a hot month of June, including 20% off all glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, 20% off CBN gummies, two for $25 on koala and solace 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates and buy three, get one free for the entire store. Remember all these deals you can take advantage of and get an additional 20% off your entire purchase when you use that magical code DNVR20 at checkout. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping and delight. You head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head on over to solacemeds.com. It's S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com, and purchase from there. And like I said, don't forget that magical code DNVR20 and get 20% off. There's no better way to support us than by supporting our partners. And if you use that code DNV, DNVR20, they will know that your friends at DNVR sent you. So get online and purchase or head on over to one of their four convenient 
Mountain locations and get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase. That's DMVR28. Check it out for 20% off your entire purchase every time. And Zach, we got a few minutes left. I know you've got time crunch. I've got time crunch. But let's hear from the people checking in in the comments section today. First one coming in from Casper. Fellas, if Rodgers doesn't get moved to Denver and this season goes off the rails, most likely there will be a new coaching staff. Does this make it more or less likely that Denver makes a move in the first round for a quarterback? I fear that there will be there will be a scenario where the new coach wants to bring in a vet that he trusts rather than risk his job with a rookie. How say you? Casper, I actually don't think you have to worry about this because – I think if they go with a, a new coach, well, that new coach is going to know that he has time to, to work with the rookie quarterback. He doesn't have to get it right on his first go around. He can take a little gamble being a first year coach. Uh, so I actually think that it probably makes it more likely that they go after a rookie quarterback, unless of course they hire someone who really loves the Joe Flacco's of the world. And that's the route they go. Uh, but I actually don't think you have to be worried about a new coach only wanting a veteran a hundred percent I actually think if uh, if they get a new coach especially if it's an offensive coach part of the allure is going to be that uh, uh, I think George Payton would say okay whichever quarterback you want in the draft we will make the moves to get because look if the Broncos are making a coaching change then this season did go off the rails they would be picking probably uh, right around where they picked this past year probably 9 10 11 maybe worse maybe a little uh, earlier than that but they would be in position of where they could say, all right, we'll sacrifice a lot of draft capital move up if you get if to get your guy, if that's what it takes. And so you hire an offensive coach and he says, I really love Sam Howell. Well, he'd be speaking my language right there. And then it would be a matter of finding a way to move up and get Sam Howell. There you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree there. So a little bit of good news for you. Next one from Shat Permer. My boys, my addiction to your podcast led me astray this week, and I apologize wholeheartedly. Due to my living in the glorious land down under and thus being a day ahead of the good old US of A, my fix of DNVR podcast on my daily commute to work on Mondays is sorely missed as you rightfully take Sundays off. Hence my transgression. I downloaded a competitor's pod and be truthfully honest, it was garbage. A rambling mess of incoherent, poorly framed opinions, heavily peppered with doses of self-indulging propaganda. It took eight full minutes before any meaningful Broncos talk even started. I got 20 minutes in and had to turn it off. I have been a member since the BSN days when AJ was a regular on the pod. You should be extremely proud of the polished professional product you guys pump out consistently. I hope you can forgive me. I promise to be forever faithful. And as the count says, you're absolved. Yes, you're absolved. Thank you for riding us with us, Shat, and everyone else as well. Are you at least the, the slightest bit curious about which podcast this was? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I digress. It's okay, you that. didn't throw them under the bus. Though. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's not do that. And uh, there's a lot of good work going on in the Broncos podcast sphere elsewhere, too. So, I mean, I, I yeah, we, we, we have worthy uh, competitors. I'll say that. Garrett Lynn says, hey, guys, with training camp coming up, what do you, each of you think the odds are that Roger shows up for Packers practice? Also, if you had to guess, when do you think something happens, whether that's Rogers getting traded or going back to the Packers? 
Of course, I'm a little biased because I want Aaron in Denver, but if I was in Gutekunst's shoes, it would be stupid not to trade Rogers if he's not coming back. It'd be smart of them to trade him and get good value as opposed to letting him hold out and not play at all. Thank you guys for making open awesome pods, and I hope you all have a great day. Garrett, you are logical here, and I like this. <laughs> and if Brian Gutekunst and the Packers were logical, I think they'd kind of uh, be in your way of thinking right now. But uh, one thing that I've learned the hard way is that human beings aren't necessarily logical, especially when they get dug in. That being said, Zach, I think the odds are that Roger shows up for Packers practice are extremely slim. I would say Ooh. probably about, I'd say probably about 30 to one. They show oh my up. gosh, 30 to one. Well, give me those odds. I'm not saying he shows up, but I love those odds right there. Uh, and Mace, I actually don't think Gutekunst should trade Aaron Rodgers right now. I think he should wait until he sees if Aaron Rodgers shows up for camp. And if he doesn't show up for camp, then yes, I totally agree with you and Garrett that, that he should make a move shortly after to get the most value for him and also to know what his team is going to be like then to give Jordan Love the, the keys to this team as soon as possible. But if if I'm Gutekunst, that's what, what, what my last kind of hope is is that Aaron Rodgers just shows up to camp. I would not trade him during the summer. I'd wait until training camp. And if he's not there, then you make a move. Yeah, that's probably the way this is going to go. And I think uh, just for just for giggles here, I, I throw out an over-under date of uh, August 8th. Ah, I like that. I like that a lot. I think you nailed that one. Yeah, right around the time Peyton's going in the Hall of Fame. Mm, just I let, love it just, even more. just throw a water cannon worth of stuff at us over the course of a weekend training camp, <laughs> a trade for Rogers, a weekend in which Steve Atwater, John Lynch, and Peyton Manning go in the hall of fame. Just throw it all at us right, right then and there. Just <laughs> boom. We'll have it all covered for you no matter what. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Count Lockula. It's not often that I willingly applaud a member of the silver and black, but let's all fire up a big ass round of claps for Carl Nassib. Bravo. It saddens me to think that all of our gridiron heroes that played before that had to hide themselves, but perhaps now we can begin to move forward and accept each player for who he actually is. Love the count. Couldn't say it better. Um, mm -hmm. I think all of us, you know, on this podcast and you as well count. think we all uh, look forward to a day when the, this isn't news, when it's just, right. oh, you know, just part of who a player is and, uh, and, and he can be, and he can be himself and, and that's okay. And that's great. And it's, it's no big thing. And we're, we're every, every step brings us uh, closer to closer to that day, but uh, bravo to Carl Nassib. You know, he's a, he's a good rotational player, a smart guy. Remember on hard knocks a few years ago when he had that explanation of compound interest that he made yes. to the Browns yes. got to the, to the Browns defensive players. It's one of the best hard knock moment, hard knocks moments there's been. Um, and, uh, and, and also for coming out and making a donation right away to the Trevor project, uh, uh, which is uh, designed to kind of help, uh, LGBTQ, uh, people in terms of, uh, of, in terms of, uh, preventing suicides and that sort of thing. It's great to see him giving back to a, a wonderful cause as well. And, uh, you know what, he's probably gonna, you know, go out to go out to Las Vegas, have another, another solid season like he's put together. And by the way, the other thing with NASA, he's a veteran. He's a proven, he's a, again, proven rotational D lineman. 
this guy was also a team captain in Tampa Bay as well. This is somebody who's very well respected by his teammates, an active player, and I don't think that respect is going to change a one iota. It may even grow this year. Yeah. Good. Bravo yeah. to Carl Nassib, like you said, yeah. Count. As it should, bravo, huge props to him for being himself. And and also just the way that he presented this was so himself. You know, he said, I'm yeah. not doing this for the attention. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was him in his backyard, uh, back home with his family, or I imagine his family's backyard. And it was just, a, it, it was very personable, uh, a great message, and, and really just huge props to him because this is unfortunately it's something that's not easy he's the first active player to do it uh and he's going to be active this year as he absolutely should be so so cool uh that that he had the courage to do this and had the support of his teammates and and i think this is one raider that every broncos fan is going to be able to get behind and, and wish well and so um, just a huge, huge moment for the NFL, for sports, for our country. I think, you know, the the ultimate yeah. cap tip to Carl Nassib. Great job. Bravo. Yeah. Amen. And the other thing, like and someone pointed this out, I can't remember who, but uh, you're first of all, the Raiders tip of the cap to them, the support mm-hmm. going all the way up to the top with Mark Davis, but also on their Twitter feed, uh, immediately expressing their support for Carl. The other thing is, Carl Nassib's going to be a Raider this year. He's going to be a Raider because uh, his cap says he's going to be a Raider. They would actually, <laughs> right. they would add, the, the cap hit on Carl Nassib would go up by $10.1 million if they cut him. He's going to be a Raider. He's going to be playing rotationally. And hey, uh, that's uh, that's good news for the Raiders. Maybe not good news for the Broncos because he picked off Drew Locke last year. <laughs> but uh, hey, this is, again, Solid rotational player and uh, by all accounts, a, 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 a very good human being. And uh, I'm glad that he can uh, can be out and be his authentic self going forward. And uh, and ho- and hopefully uh, uh, other players who are in the closet, because, look, the simple math says that there that there are pro- there's probably uh, there's probably at least uh, one uh, one gay player on every team, at least. Yeah. And, and um, that, that's something and hope- that some former NFL players have come out and said is, you know, they had a lot of teammates. They, right. they had a lot of people that they knew, but that didn't, didn't believe that they could come out. Yeah. F- football's for football's for, for, for everybody as a fan, as a, as a player. And uh, the, the more that the NFL can do to have its locker rooms and its teams be, uh, be, be welcoming places for people of, of, of all of all section of, of all sexual orientations, uh, the better. Uh, but uh, the, you know, hope someday, Zach, it'll be a wonderful day when it, we're not talking about this being courageous. But right now, still is. And uh, bravo to Carl Nassib. Uh, we'll be rooting. We'll be we'll, we'll be rooting for you. Maybe not against the Broncos, but we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for you as a human being. Yes, it absolutely, without a doubt. Next one from Jason17. Zach, I apologize for not commenting about your cocktail draft. The only reason I didn't was because you had no memorable selections. Just joking, of course. Your choice of the Manhattan in the second round, the biggest steal uh, outside of the Long Island iced tea, and one of my personal favorites in uh, Coeur d'Alene, I had a fantastic Irish Manhattan, one of the St. Paddy's Day specials, of course, made with Jameson whiskey, and it was one of the best drinks of my life, but out with the old and in with the new. I'm tired of RK telling everyone the best whiskey way to enjoy seltzers are with ice that is nonsense the best way to enjoy a seltzer is to add a little bit of ice and some heavy whipping cream 
What is the result, you ask? An alcoholic Italian cream soda. And who doesn't love this? This, of course, works better with seltzer lemonades, but it is amazing. Finally, when are we going to get the great Breckenridge beers and drinks draft? You're right. That one will be up our sleeve. We'll have to do that soon. And man, there is no better drink than an Italian cream soda. I got to try the alcoholic Italian cream soda, Jason. Yeah, I've never tried that. That that sounds... Have you ever had an Italian cream soda? No. Oh, no way, Mace. You've got to. You, you've oh. got to introduce your daughter to it. It's, uh, it is just delicious. It's pretty much a soda, except it's a little different. A so- flavored soda with, uh, with cream in it. I mean, it can't be beat. Yeah, I have to try that. Like Charlotte's current obsession right now is, uh, is boba, you know, bubble tea. Oh, of course. She absolutely loves that. Uh, that that is that is her, her. That's her jam, right? That's her jam right now. Like so, but we'll have to try that. She her, she's uh, you know, she's going into third grade here, and so her tastes and her palate are beginning to expand a little bit. And I look forward to that. <laughs> I love it. Next one from Melbourne Bronco. Hi guys. First of all, I must apologize. You see, you see, I'm known amongst my friends as the cooler when it comes to having a bet on sports. I have the ability to cool any team that is hot. I laid some money down on the Nuggets and Avalanche a fortnight ago, and that didn't end well. Earlier this year, I bet on the Lakers. Well, they slumped. I was on the Nets. I just kill chances. This week, I'm investing in the Chiefs, <laughs> hoping my luck doesn't reverse. Love the cocktail draft, even though my favorite fruit tingle wasn't mentioned. Cheers. Wow. Gotta gotta try a fruit tingle. Never had that. And uh man, thanks for putting the bet on the Chiefs so that they guaranteed they won't win. You know what? I've got some of that same mojo going on with hockey right now because over on the the radio show I do with uh Eric Goodman from four to six every weekday mountain time, I, I have been getting every game in the conf in, in the when they're not conference finals in this year's NHL, every game in the Stanley Cup semifinals wrong. And so last uh-huh. night, Zach, or yesterday afternoon, I intentionally picked the Islanders to beat the Lightning in game five because I'm like, everything I my I gotta go with the opposite. So I'm I'm like, okay, I'm picking I, I'm I'm picking the Islanders here and then the Lightning won eight nothing. So game six <laughs> of Islanders Lightning, I already know I'm picking the Isles. <laughs> Keep doing it, Maze. Keep I doing love it. it. Oh man, I, I maybe I you know what? I, I wish I'd thought of that with the Avs. Nah, seriously. Oh, oh well. Next oh year. well. Dan Burke. Hey, guys. I saw an interesting take on Twitter and want to know what y'all thought. So it's already been reported that Brian Gutekunst wasn't Rogers' choice for the Packers GM in 2018. They wanted a different guy. One of the guys who the Packers requested an interview but were denied, George Payton. Oh. If we assume that Payton was the guy Rogers wanted to hire, his interest in the Broncos makes a lot of sense beyond the city and the weapons on offense. I always see people say, why would Rogers be interested in the Broncos coaching staff? But if he held the 2017 Vikings in high esteem, then it makes a lot of sense. George Payton is the GM of the Broncos. Now Vic Fangio is in a similar mold to Mike Zimmer in terms of defensive acumen and personality. And then Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator of both teams. Even the personnel share some similarities. Mace made the Dalvin Cook comp for Javante Williams yesterday, which I agree with. Even someone like Pastor Tan has a ton of similarities to Xavier Rhodes. Sutton and Judy aren't a perfect counterpart for Thielen and Diggs, but neither is fair for Rudolph, but it's not too far off. What do y'all think? You know what? I'm going to uh, quote Kramer from Seinfeld. This is so sane. You just blew my mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think you, I think you nailed it. I don't have anything to uh, disagree with, Dan. I give this the stamp of approval. And, what, and, and what's not to like about George Payton? I mean, I, I don't think there's really uh, m- much you can point to, especially just what people say around the league about him and say, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Now you can point to some decisions made in Minnesota, but we don't know if those exactly were his call or not. Obviously the one thing you don't like about his tenure is the quarterbacks that, that they've had up in Minnesota. Now you do like what Brett Favre was able to do for them for a short time. Kirk cousins, uh, good quarterback, but for the value, no, probably not. Uh, and then obviously Teddy, he didn't hit for some reasons outside of the Vikings Mm -hmm. control. And then you really don't like uh, the, the um, Christian Ponder pick of course, but outside of quarterbacks, they have put together a a pretty good team. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's a team that's falling short, but it's also the, the, the fact that the Vikings have fallen short and you wonder why that happened. A lot of it does come to the quarterback position and the closest they came in Minnesota to being in the Super Bowl while George Payton was there was when Brett Favre was one throw away from having them in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 44 against the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. So I think he gets something from that too. Three speed questions for you. First one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, when Lisa ruined Homer's barbecue, who slash what did Monty Burns have to donate? The Springfield Orphanage, because he kind of joked, said he donated a million dollars to the orphanage when pigs fly. And of course, because of Lisa's intervention, a pig comes streaking across the sky uh, through the window of of Burns's office. How about that? And then who's the one Cincinnati Bengal that just got under your skin, but would have definitely but would have wholeheartedly embraced as a Bronco? See, I never would have embraced Vontez Perfect as a Bronco or as a Buccaneer. So that's why I'd say no, wouldn't have won him. Uh. Actually, about, this is about Chad Ochocinco. That's the that's the easy answer. Yep. It's Ochocinco. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, question. E- easy to embrace the name change and everything that came with him when he's on your team, but easy for that to get under your skin when he's not on your team as well. But uh, would it, yeah, we would have been like, oh, it's fun. He's doing the river dance. He's doing his right. crazy putter celebrations. Exactly. Of, we, we we all would have embraced it. Broncos 502. The program is good football movie. And who doesn't love some Willie B in any given Sunday? Oh. If Denver's doesn't get Rogers this year, and let's say he sits out all season, does Denver try again next year when he's a year older and a year away from football? Uh, I think it depends how this season goes, quite frankly, Zach and uh, Broncos 502. If, if the Broncos are middling competitive, but clearly a quarterback away and not in position to draft, a top quarterback, then absolutely. I think they try next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. And unless yeah. Drew Locke turns out to be the truth right. or they can somehow get a, a young quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, I think they're absolutely still in the market for him. And then if they have a season in which the bottom falls out, then I think they're just in the draft pool. Yep. I, I totally agree. And last one coming in from Mr. Undrafted visiting the DNVR bar this weekend from Utah. What's your guys' favorite food and drink? Thanks for everything you guys do to bring us the best Broncos coverage every day. Well, Mr. Undrafted, I'm going to go with our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. Get the burger. It's done so well over at DNVR. And then make sure, you know, j- just get a Breckenridge beer when you're there or a couple or a seltzer. I mean, so many options. Yeah, I'd go with a, I'd go with a cocktail, uh, you know, have a have a rum and coke or have a, a, a Moscow mule over there as well. Um, the green chili, make sure you get a side of that as well. That's excellent. Um, I had a good fish and chips over there. I'd I, I'd go with that. But uh, 
like uh, Zach said, you can't go wrong with that burger. No, you can't. And you can't go wrong with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because after you have burgers and beers, probably going to get your teeth cleaned. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental are the best damn family-owned dentists in the Denver metro area. And they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. So maybe you start your day off at Green Mountain Dental Talk Sports. Then you go to the DNVR bar and talk sports all night as well. And when you're at Green Mountain Dental, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush when you do. Like May said, we all have Sonicare toothbrushes and they're the best toothbrush out there. And you get it for free from our friends at Green Mountain Dental when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Look, you're going to have to go to the dentist. Might as well go to someone who's part of our family, big time Colorado sports fans, and they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So make sure to check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Love hearing from you in the comment section. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow, live on YouTube at 10 a.m. So make sure to tune in live, say hello. But for us today, that'll do it. Thank you so much. Have a great Tuesday. How long's it been since you roll out the truck and took a country drive? Flying cotton